Oh, we live. We live. We up in here. Up in here. It is hump day. What's up, people? How you doing on this Wednesday? Oh, I feel good. Today is day number 13. 13, Shiganuary. No sugar. I'm doing no sugar for the month of January. And uh, my mom actually hit me up yesterday and was like, hey, so... I look at your face and uh, it's a lot thinner now. You you have no fat face. Your face no fat no more. And I was like, oh, wow, this Shiganuary is really working out for me. Like if my mom is noticing that I, I'm getting thinner, this is a good thing. I never weigh myself. And this is the advice I give to all of my friends trying to lose weight. Personally, for me, I don't, I don't jump on a scale. I don't do anything. It's just how you feel. It's more about how you feel. It's about, um, it's about how your clothes fit. You can tell if you're losing weight or not. To me, once you put a number on it, oh, that's when it becomes depressing. Because then you're like, oh, I didn't lose a pound today. And you freak out, you know? So, hey, Johnny Lee Turner checking in. What's up, man? My dude from Pop 2K. If you don't know, if you don't know, I'm on a radio show on Pop 2K at night. Is really cool. Lamar, what's poppin', Mike? It's hump day. And some wisdom as well, you feel me. As Some wisdom as well, you feel Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a positive day. I always like to start with something positive. Yesterday was my wife's 34th birthday. Yeah. It's crazy. She's 34. I met her when she was so young. She was just so young. Now she's getting old. Now she's going to bed at nine like me. I told her when I met her, I was like, things are going to change. Things are going to change. You're going to be going to sleep at 8, 9, 10 o'clock like me. And when we first met, she was staying up to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I was like, oh, that's going to change. It's going to change. And it has. And it has. Abhishek checking in. That's our uh, favorite fan from India. He checks in every single day. I appreciate you watching. Abhishek. A lot of love yesterday. My parents were on. And it was crazy. The podcast, look, I'm about to have my good friend on, Chris, but after you watch me and Chris, go back. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch yesterday's podcast with my parents. They were in rare form. And I put them live on the radio. The problem, I, I've never done that. And I put them live on the morning yo, because thing is, I'm scared about what they say because they're old school. You know, so things they say might not be politically correct. They could get in trouble. They could get me in trouble. But we we risked it, and it was amazing. So definitely check out that podcast. Uh, today, it's all about positivity and love. If you have something positive to say, leave it in the comment section. Like I said, my positive thing of the day is we had a blast with my wife. She turned 34. She's beautiful. She's lovely. She's the best mother in the world. We have two beautiful kids. I mean, I'm grateful for all that. I'm grateful for all that. But I want to get to my guest, man. I love this dude. Now, he's going to be mad because I don't know how to say his last name. And I've been practicing. I was like, I'm going to screw up his last name. Let me bring him on right now. What's up, Chris? Now, I know I'm going to screw up your last name, but let me try it. Let me uh -oh. try it. Uh, okay. Okay. Chris Van Vliet. So close. Okay, so what is it? It's Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Chris Van Vliet. I don't know. I don't know why my ancestors spelled it the way they did, but that I should be an E. V-L-E-E-T would make so much more sense. It would. Chris Van Vliet. Right? Did I say there it right? There we go. I mean, okay. we can't all have an easy last name like, yo. I know. I know. You know that people thought, here's the thing. When I was growing up, people thought my name was fake. 
like I made it up, you know, sure. and it's, it's my real name. My real name is Michael Yo Simmons, but people thought I was always lying about my name and things like that. I was like, no, my parents are just so cool. Is, like, is that. Yo your middle name? Yo's my middle name. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, Chris, you learn a lot on this podcast. A see? lot. Learn so much. Because my mom is Asian. And of course, that. yeah. So my dad's last name Simmons. So I'm Michael Yo Simmons. Man. That's my real name. So I started to break into acting. And once I get my first role in acting, I'm going to change my name back to my original name. It's going to be Michael, like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Right. It's be Michael Yo Simmons. You know, oh. except, except it's my real name. Now, your last name, where's it from? It's, I mean, many, many, many generations ago, that's Dutch. Anything with a van, I think, is Dutch. But it's actually crazy. My dad's side of the family came to North America in 1651. 1651. Now, now, how do you know all this? My grandfather was like a historian for our last name and our family. He had it like, he had it mapped out. So I'm 11th generation in North America. My mom though, my mom was born in Greece, hence the, you know, dark features here. My mom was born in Greece. She still speaks Macedonian and, and English, of course, but my family lives in Canada. I'm the only one that lives down here in the U S. Oh, you're, you're, you're not the bright one. Cause Canada is really, <laughs> Canada just seems so chill, man. It's like, everybody gets along. Nobody's really fight. They listen to the government. You know, it's like good things. They don't try to storm a Capitol. It's, it's, it's very nice up there in Canada. When I went, I wanted to go home for Christmas and everyone there was like, Ooh, I don't, uh, we've seen the news reports. Things look pretty bad there. And every once in a while I'll get a, I'll get a text from a friend being like, Hey, is everything okay down there? I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, ev everything within my world is fine, but yeah, there's some, there's some strange things going on. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. My friend, it is weird. Now for people that don't know, Chris, uh, tell everybody what you do and how you got to this point. So give some background on yourself. Well, I'm a TV host and I've been working as a TV host my entire career ever since I graduated from college. And that's how you and I met each other. You and I met yep. each other both working as entertainment reporters, traveling the world, talking to the biggest stars in the world. Like it's pretty crazy to be able to sit here and go, you know, we've shared conversations with The Rock, Denzel Washington, Steven Spielberg, Jennifer Aniston, Meryl Streep. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on. So that's um, that's my background. And I always wanted to be a TV host. That was what I always wanted to do because I had this epiphany when I was in college. I don't know about you, Michael, but I loved college. I had the oh, best I, well, time. Well, I dropped out of college. So yes, we have a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> I had the best time. And then in my senior year, I was like, oh my God, like, when this ends, I won't just be able to like drink with my friends whenever I feel like drinking with my friends. Uh oh, Michael's gone. It's now, it's now the, it's morning oh, no. Van Fleet now. Oh no, I was, you know, I, I can do all kinds of camera oh, angles. Okay. See, I can oh, do this right here. This. I can do this right here. I can do this I right here. Yeah, no. I can do this. You know, come on, this is high technology over here. You know, oh, man, look at, look at this. I mean, so look, I, I I can even do that. Put you in a small box. I can put you in a, like, I can switch it around. Hey man, You're a technical don't. director over here. You know, so I, I do basically everything. had this moment where I was like, Oh my God, I'm gonna have to work for the rest of my life. I don't want to have a job that I hate. And I always loved the idea of broadcasting. Always wanted to be on radio or TV. It just seemed like such a long shot. And in that moment I was like, you know what? 
if I don't try now, I'm never going to be able to do this. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to reach out to every radio station, every TV station in my college town, let them know that I'm interested in this. Can I come in and volunteer? Just see how it's done in the real world. And if it doesn't work out, at least I can go, you know what? When I was 21, I tried and didn't work out. And here I am now, but I tried and I basically knocked on all these doors and a volunteer job turned into a, a, an on-air job and kind of went from there. Now, who's your favorite person you've ever interviewed? The Rock. It's, I mean, it's okay. The Rock. Just because do you, of have, do you have like a he knows your name when you walk in type of the room type of situation? I do. I, I joke about this all the time that, you know, I've interviewed The Rock nine times. Not that I'm counting or anything like that. You've probably no, interviewed you more. Yeah, I, I interviewed him for the last 12, 13 years. Yeah. So I have countless times with him, but I don't know if he's has a great memory or his people are really good. He's like the president has an earpiece and everybody, cause I've never heard a person say he didn't know their name. Right. Yeah, so I no. think he has great people around him. That's what it is. I think he studies who, who like who's on the lineup. I think that's what he does. I don't I think, think he does. I don't I, think he does. I think he goes, all right, some we're doing press today. Who, who am I interview? Who am I doing interviews with? That's what I think. Have you oh, ever no. interviewed Taylor Swift? Uh, once, once. So I hear that Taylor Swift is like, it's, it's that, but beyond, like next level. Like what? So when I was working at a radio station in Cleveland, the program director went to some like meet and greet thing and Taylor Swift, you know, where they meet the like radio executives, oh, yeah. like, please play oh, our yeah. music. Yeah. And he had met Taylor like years before when she was still like a country singer. And this is two, three years later. Mm -hmm. Taylor goes, oh, hey, Dave, how's your mom doing? And he's like, what? Like, and he told like a very specific story about his mom not doing that well last time that he met Taylor Swift. And she remembered everything. Okay. Does she remember it? How does this? I, that's weird. I know. Like that would freak me out. I wouldn't like that. It's, I don't know. It, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. I don't know. I, I've interviewed Taylor Swift once um actually a couple of times she's always been sweet pleasant like really i think we have the same type of vibe i don't think there. oh can you turn down your sound on your side a little bit because i'm i'm hearing myself echo oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't wear headphones come on you know the rule chris i don't want to mess up my hair you know I, oh my god you're such a <laughs> you're that dude you're that dude chris but you can't, you can't all wear hats every day like you i know i wear the same thing every day i have a cloth i have my wife uh two birthdays ago bought me 30 black shirts <laughs> same shirt because i like to wear the same thing i have like 10 pairs of the same pants that i wear you're like steve jobs yeah except in entertainment and yeah. I, I wear this hat you know my wife said maybe you should switch it up some get different color yo hats and i was like eh, maybe so <laughs> who's your favorite interview Oh, it's it's uh, The Rock, Kevin Hart, uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. I think Tom Hanks is the nicest man in Hollywood. I think The Rock is the The Rock. What he does is he makes everybody feel special. But I think yes. I don't I, think he remember remembers everybody's name though. I think it's his team telling, which is very smart. So if I ever get to that level, I want that team. I think you know? the The Rock is very good at being self-aware enough to know that this moment's important for you. Like the yes. rock knows that you meeting him is a big moment for you. So instead of what a lot of, a lot of celebrities will go, ah, oh, it's about me. It's about my promotion. This is about, you know, the things that I'm doing in my life. 
he turns the moment around and makes you feel special. I love this. Uh, this is a comic. His name is Eric Rivera. He says, Chris only says that because he hasn't interviewed him yet. Now, Ooh. you have no idea who Eric is. And uh, I barely know who he is. No, I'm just playing. He's a good comedian. <laughs> He's a great comedian. Uh, but I just had to put that. We're getting a lot of, we're getting a lot of, uh, Ramon. He's a big listener. He likes good looking guys. Oh, well, uh, he thank says, you, Ramon. He says, you're a good looking guy. Uh, there you go. There's Probably a comment about you. No, about you. He's told me several times, so I know, <laughs> I know when he's directed it to me. Two bad things about Canada. They're more expensive uh, in America, for sure. And Canada has more snow than in America, for sure. All right. So if those are the only two bad things about Canada, I think I'm okay with that. Things more expensive. No, things are way cheaper in Canada. No, no. They're more expensive in Canada? Oh, yeah. Like you want to buy a case of beer and well, after the exchange rate, a case of like Bud Light or something is going to be like $35, $40. Case of Bud Light here is what, like 18? No way. Absolutely. Gas. I mean, it's in liters, but if we do the conversion here, gas is probably over $4 a liter or $4 a gallon everywhere oh, so in Canada. So does that mean people pay more money in Canada? I mean, they pay like jobs pay more or not really? I don't think so. I mean, the whole reason I moved to the U.S. is because there was more opportunities here and the ability to make more money. Did you ever do a TV show in Canada? I did several TV shows in Canada. I started my career there. I was a news reporter at a very small station in Peterborough, Ontario. So you did real news? Oh, I did real news for the first 17 months of my career. And Did then, you hate yeah, it? I was 22 years old. It was an incredible start. I didn't hate it at all, but it was like a one-man band deal where you're writing, editing, producing, shooting, everything. Oh. But that's how you break into the business, right? So many Canadians come down to Maine all the time to go shopping. Yeah, Canadians go. Canadians love to go to the U.S. because stuff is so much cheaper here. That that's they, crazy. They can go across the border. You know what? Like, yeah, I saved all this money. Like we did all our Christmas shopping in Buffalo as a kid. You know, you know what's crazy is the one thing I'm so jealous of you right now. Your lighting is incredible. I got to get your light kit. Oh, I got this. I mean, you I, look good. These look on Amazon for forty dollars. Look how dark I look in my. And well, when just, we're done here, you can send me more technical messages, like like you do about the microphone. I'm happy to set you up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out my. I got to get. Look, here's the thing about my studio is I kind of share it with somebody. I have it in the morning and they have it at night, so I really can't go full blown my studio. This isn't and, in your house. No, no, no. It's it's like two minutes away. Okay. I rented out a little space. I, I can't do this in my house. My kid will be knocking out the door. That, 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 that. You know, like driving me nuts. You know, I mean, he, I love the kid, but he always wants to be around me, which is beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and, but he really wants your attention or he'll, I like it when he jumps on, but I got a one year old. I got my son. They'll be making all this noise. It'd this, be is the, this is the same thing Joe Rogan talks about. I mean, Joe Rogan could build a beautiful studio inside his house in Austin. Oh, yeah. but he's like, no, I need the separation between work and home. That's that's in this literally is a four minute drive from my house. It's oh, at I live in a uh, a community, um, and it's kind of like I want to say it's like a a resort, but. They gave me an office that I share in the clubhouse, you know, where they have the weight room, the yeah, pool, and all that. So I work out in the morning and then I come and do all my work in this room because they, this area is so far out of Vegas. They don't even have fast internet. You know what the top speed at home internet hits? What? 20. 
No. 20, bro. Dude, you got to come back to Los Angeles. 20, bro. And, and the upload speed, one. Yes. Wow. It's okay. like literally I could be doing dial up and doing the same things I'm doing now. Wow. So at the clubhouse though, it's like two, 300. So I had to get an office here or I would have had to get an office, you know, right. further in the town, but it's freaking ridiculous. What, what's this lady <laughs> saying here? They love to come here, but they also, but they also many times can't wait to go back. Yeah. That's, you know, a lot of people can't accurate. type. A lot of people can't type on this show. Just so you know, you're going to see a lot of comments. And well, people... I think that was fine. They love to come here, but they also many times can't wait to go back. But also... Oh, my bad. No, I, on this show, We've I can't read. punctuation there. But also, yeah. comma, many times, comma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about you. I, I met you on... You worked for a show in Miami called Deco Drive. Right. Lynn and Belkies, I love them. Shireen Sandoval, I love her. I love all the people at Deco Drive. But this is why I wanted to have you on. The show is all about positivity and making moves to make your life better. You had a big opportunity and you left that dream job and it didn't work out. But I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, I mean, so as I was talking about before, I started my career in local news. And it was just kind of like I didn't want to be in local news for ever. I wanted to like do something where I could show a little bit more personality. I was 22 years old and wanted to be able to like have some fun with this and you can't do that in the news. So fast forward, I, I hosted a show on MTV2 in Vancouver and I hosted a show in Toronto and I just wanted to do more with my career. And that's when I started looking into getting an agent in the US. Got a job in Cleveland. I was the entertainment reporter for the CBS station there. How was Cleveland? I loved Cleveland. I still did. Love you really? I'm a massive Cleveland Browns fan. Still, they're they're having the greatest season in the last 25 years. The people in Cleveland are the sweetest, nicest people, and uh, it has such a huge place in my heart. Really? Because I oh hear good and bad things about Cleveland. Like I hear I you never that. want to live in Cleveland. There's not much going on in Cleveland, is there? Uh, there's, I mean, if you love sports, if you love beer, if you love food, this is the <laughs> best city for you, like the best city. So I spent five years in Cleveland, but I said, you know, the next place I'm going to live is going to have palm trees. And I started looking into Arizona, started looking at California, ended up getting a job in Miami, hosting this show, Deco Drive. This is a nightly entertainment show. It's live, 7.30. It's on great. The Fox affiliate. Yeah, it's, it's been on the air for 25 years. And for a local show to be on the air for 25 years is huge. And that's when we were able to have the amazing opportunities to like interview people like The Rock and Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg and all those other people. Now they, they didn't do they didn't do a lot of junkets before you got there, did they? Or or Shireen did them, right? Shireen, Shireen did them. Okay. Louis Aguirre did some of them. You know, your I work with Louis. Yeah, I love your Louis. colleague on the inside. Yeah. Uh huh. So I was there for five years, and in that time, my YouTube channel was really starting to grow, and my podcast was starting to get some momentum. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can subscribe to me at Chris Van yes. Fleet, right there. So my channel now has 280 thousand subscribers, and it was just growing and growing, and growing, and I got to a point where I was making more money on my YouTube channel than I was making on TV. And it was just so crazy for me to think, like this was my dream. My goal in life was to be on TV and to host a show. And now I was making more money on my own, filming things with my iPhone, which was so crazy to me. And I really? kind of just had this epiphany. Yeah. That, wait a minute. Hold on. You, you made more money off your YouTube channel than in TV. Cause people think when you get 
to TV, that's like the dream job. You're done. Like right. you make more money in yeah. that. What I tell people all the time, I work for E Entertainment and I was broke as hell when I first started. Like people don't I understand that. And you were working 12, 14 hours a day, weren't you? Yeah. And people don't understand just because you're on TV doesn't mean you make a lot of money. Yeah. So, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I was, wasn't making a lot of money. It's just YouTube was doing really well for me. And I kind of realized, did I move from a different country? Did I move from Canada to the US to be a local news personality? And for me, mm -hmm. it was like, no, I didn't. I wanted to be the absolute best and I wanted to do this at the top level. So I had a, an opportunity to go and work for TNT. I had been offered a chance to be a correspondent for AEW, All Elite Wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling fan. I do a lot of interviews with wrestlers. And I was like, well, I, this is my opportunity. This is my chance. I can do this TNT thing, do my YouTube, do my podcast, and continue to grow things from there. And it was an incredibly difficult decision to make because I love Deco Drive. I love WSVN where I was working. My colleagues, Lynn and Shireen, everybody there was amazing to work with. But I kind of had to have this realization that was this what I wanted to do forever? And the answer was, no, I wanted to do more. Oh, you're muted. Like <laughs> problems, man. All this stuff is falling apart. So when you took that leap, when you took that leap uh, out of SVN, WSVN and went to wrestling, that job didn't work out, correct? Well, they, they offered me the ability to be on their first show. So this was their first show. It was October 2nd, 2019, TNT, AEW Dynamite. And they, I just assumed if I'm going to be on the first show, I'll probably be on all the episodes. But they only said, we're going to have you on the first episode. Wait, so you went, hold on, hold on. So you left a contract for one show. Did you... Did you, in your mind, you go, this might not be a good move? I was just betting on myself. And I, because everything was going really well with the YouTube channel, everything was going really well with the podcast. And I was just betting on myself. That's what it comes down to, people right there, betting on yourself. And I love you did that. Okay, go ahead. So you were just on one episode. I, w I ended up being on a handful of episodes. I did something with them behind the scenes. It was called The Road to AEW Dynamite. Then I was on the first episode, I was on the fourth episode and that ended up being it. And then the, with, with how things went with COVID, that position probably wouldn't have existed anyway. I mean, it's been such a strange last year anyway, but I basically could have taken the easy path. I could have taken the easy road and I went, you know what? I want to bet on myself and I want more. Yes. I want more and out of every situation, out of every relationship. I just want more. That's what I'm saying, man. I Oh, and by the way, ladies, if you're watching this, he's single. He's single. He can't, for some reason, a woman won't stay with him. I don't know why. <laughs> what is it? Is there is there a constant at the end of every relationship where you finally have to look at yourself and say, I need to fix this? The reason why I ask is I want to give you a story about me really quick. Every time I broke up with someone, mm -hmm. at the end of the relationship, they were they would always go, you're so selfish, you're going to die alone. So uh, by the end, by the third or fourth time this happened, I had to look at myself and go, okay, if I do meet the right person, I can't be as selfish. Now, is there anything that's coherent at the end of the relationships where girls say about you? I would have to say the common denominator in all of these is me. So it's yeah. definitely something that I need to work but on. What, I think but that, what about you? I think that you and I have a lot in common with this. And when I met you, you were single and it just, it sounds like, 
you were at the stage of your life where I am now, where it's like, yeah, I've dated a whole bunch of people. They're amazing, great people. And I have so much love and respect for them, but I don't think I was ready. And I think that I'm, I'm waiting for my everything else in my life to be lined up and be absolutely perfect. And then I can invite someone in to share this with me. Okay. I understand this is not going to happen. No, it will happen eventually, but well, no, you, it's never going to be perfect. I think perfect is no, not a, it's never going to be perfect. But yeah. what you're way ahead of me right now, you're younger than me. So why you're way ahead in that you're making your own YouTube channel. You're making your own career. Here's the thing. Cause right now I'm up for a really big job. Another really big job. They called hey, me. No, 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 no. You know, I'm just in it. I'm not, I'm not, I you're being it. Considered. I'm not being considered for it's that true. job. I'm grateful for that. I'm yeah. grateful for that. But it always hits me that I want to be the guy making the calls. I don't want to be the guy waiting for the calls. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I it's very different. Like the rock doesn't have to worry about getting casted. Movie companies are waiting for him to go. I'll do your movie. Like I need to get to that level in, in 2020 in 2021. That's my goal is to kind of flip that script because it sucks. It sucks ass right now waiting for a phone call saying you got the job or you didn't. So everybody watching, that's another thing I want to throw out there, make your own destiny. And that's what you're doing, which I think my biggest mistake career wise is I forgot his name. He got a little bit of trouble. He hosts the wall. He does like uh, the the zombie show after show. Chris. Oh, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. So Chris Hardwick Wick worked at G4 when I worked at E. I remember. So, so we were really good friends. Olivia yeah. Munn worked there as well. So I had a radio studio in the E building that I would record my show and then go tape. Yeah. Chris Hardwick asked me one day to borrow my studio and I did Miami. I was a big Miami radio DJ, right? This is probably 10 years ago. And this is what I, I regret this day. I think about it all the time. It's the biggest mistake I've ever made in my career. Chris Hardwick at the time goes, Oh, can I borrow your studio to do a podcast? Remember this is 10 years ago. Yeah. He goes and he goes, can I interview you for my podcast? And you got to remember 10 years ago, there wasn't all the social media. You don't know People how didn't big... even know what a podcast was. No, you don't even know. You didn't even know the reaction you got from it or didn't get from it. Right. Yeah. So I was on one of his first podcasts ever. He goes after you're so good. You're so funny. You should start your own podcast. Yeah. In my mind, I said in my mind, I didn't say to him, I go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea to him. But in my mind, I go. I do fucking real radio. I don't need to do a podcast. I'm on, I'm on in Miami. I yeah. got a Miami and man, I regret that day because he blew his network blew up. Yep. Like, he sold Nerdist, didn't he? He sold Nerdist. I mean, it was a, the biggest mistake in my career. What, and he even wanted to help me out with it. Wow. And, and I was like, nah, I do real radio. I remember <laughs> I remember when Joe Rogan started his show and everybody, you know, had heard about Joe Rogan doing a podcast yeah. and it just kind of built organically. But Joe Rogan wasn't really a thing as a podcaster till 2015 or 16. 
Oh yeah. And this is the biggest thing that I always tell people because I, I don't know the exact stats, but it's something like 60% of podcasts end after one episode and like 75 give up after five. And I get it because you put all this time, all yeah. this effort, all this work into doing it. And then like 17 people, including your mom are listening. And I always say well, to people, nobody was listening to Joe Rogan's episode number 94. Nobody no. was listening to Joe Rogan's episode 315. He just kind of kept going because he was enjoying it. And look what he's doing now. Look what he's created. I I, I feel that there's it, it's a tough thing to deal with right now because what I feel is that sometimes there's so many outlets. Right. You're like, am I doing the right one? Like you're very successful on YouTube, right? You have 200 and something thousand people subscribe to your channel. I have 3,000. You know, I put all my content up there, but it's not concise. I don't really, YouTube is like a dumping ground for me right now. Mm, you know, where yeah. Facebook for me, I started Morning Yo with 30,000 people. Now I got over 150,000. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's weird how different people will connect with you on different forms. Uh, I feel, I always feel that YouTube is more male heavy oriented oriented you know with the joe rogans and they find that kind of content where i feel facebook is more female friendly for me and that does that does me a lot better like guys and women like families watch me on facebook where i don't think families are really watching youtube besides YouTube definitely youtube definitely skews younger and male male and younger but yeah. i think the biggest thing to realize is youtube is not facebook facebook is not instagram instagram no. is not twitter they are all completely different things and i would relate this to dating we'll bring it right back around here full yeah. circle you can't treat this person that you went out with last week, the same way that you treat this person that you're going on a date with this week. And that's mm -hmm. what Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, all of them are. They're completely different things. And you need to be speaking the different languages in each one. Can I tell you, I'm so tired of seeing people dance. Like if I never right. saw another person dance for 50, it's amazing that all you got to do is dance for 15 seconds. You can be famous. You don't I even think, have to be a great dance. You just dance for 15 seconds. If I made yeah. a video every day of me like, oh, you know? <laughs> I always say that TikTok is 98% people dancing poorly, 2% yeah. of girls going, and then 1% of like content that like I actually care about. The thing that annoys me the most is someone will make a video for TikTok and then they will take it with the TikTok branding on it, with the TikTok logo put it on, on it. Instagram. And put it on Instagram. It's like, no, 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 no. That was your TikTok thing. That's not going to work here. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have done dances with my wife and they're fun, but I'm just so tired of 15 seconds. Like, I don't want to see people dance no more, unless you're a really good dancer. Like, I like those dudes that do the thing where they pull the next guy, you know, like they're really oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Where they go, there's three of them and yep. then they keep rotating. Now that shit is dope. Yeah. That, I, I really like that a lot. But the oh, other by stuff. By the way, our podcast episode on my podcast dropped this morning. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay, tell everybody the name of your podcast. Well, it's called the Chris Van Vliet Show right now. It is getting a new name next week that is going to be more appropriate for what the show is all about. What it's, is it going to be called then? Well, I'm not, I haven't released the name yet, but you okay. will find out very soon. But it doesn't make sense. I'm 160 episodes in now. It doesn't make sense to call it the Chris Van Vliet Show because the show's not really about me. It's about yeah. shining a light on my guests. It's mm -hmm. about, I'm just the conduit for these conversations. So I changed it to be a little bit more representative of what the show is all about. And thank you for coming out. It's a fantastic conversation. Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, Jillian says, honestly, I feel like it's hard regardless what platform you choose to grow on. It just requires consistency. A lot of people are just too easy to give. It's true. Like, 
it's it's tough, especially when you don't see your numbers growing. Where the people the people I talk to that do the best on it, and this is what they say: I don't believe them. But they say they don't pay attention to numbers. They just do it and never even look at the numbers. And I've heard that from three very successful people on podcasts. And I go, were you always like that? They go, yeah, we just did it. You know, the only time I ever done a podcast like that is me and Joe Coy did a podcast called uh, Yo Joe Show, the Yo Joe Show. And this is eight, nine years ago. We didn't even know there was money in it. We were doing like 280,000 downloads and we didn't even know, but wow. the company that, yeah, we were doing it for fun. So we didn't even make money out. It was like, I think we did 20 episodes. And for people watching this, if you go to Apple, the podcast section and type in the Yojo show, it is the funniest. When I say the funniest podcast, cause we didn't know we was just two dudes, just balling, just having fun. And we Why thought nobody, stop? huh? Why did you stop? We were stupid <laughs> because, be we didn't know, because, because the company that like, I guess, let us do the podcast. They did yeah. everything. They had a studio. They never told us the numbers. So we oh, were just wow. doing it and they're still making money off of it. You were doing Probably. it for free. Yeah. We would just wanted to hang out. Wow. We hung out every night anyway. So it goes one night a week. We're going to hang out at this studio yeah. and do this show. It was great, dude. It's the funniest thing. The Yojo Show. Everybody check that out if you get a chance. Oh, here we go. Uh, Lance, oh, there it is. Lance. I missed the Yojo Show. It, when I tell you, if we would have kept doing it, it probably would have been one of the biggest podcasts in the world. It was that funny. Joe so Coy is already one of the biggest comedians in the world. Of course. But if we would have kept that podcast up, we just have this certain thing that makes it so funny. It was so really great. Did you go, you know what? This isn't worth the time. It isn't worth the effort. We never did. We just, we just stopped because either he would be touring, I would be touring or cause we were hitting stand up hard at that time. And we didn't know the significance of it. It was kind of just like, we were doing it for fun. It's kind of like you go to a place, say you go to this place to watch, to play video games, bad example, but, and then all of a sudden you just don't go there anymore. Yep. I got you. You got tired. It was like, okay. Yeah. If we would have known the impact we really had at the time, yeah. oh, we would have, I mean, just think about 280,000 downloads. That's yeah. money. And that's eight years ago. You build that over eight years. Oh my God. It would have been bananas. Per episode, per month, per year, what? Per month. That's huge. It's massive, bro. Yeah. That's it's really massive. big. But we didn't know. But Lance knows. Lance knows, don't you, Lance? You know how good it was. Yo, Joe was, show. And you know what was crazy? It was so raw and real. Like, cause we just, that's the way we did. Well, that's, but what, I was, that's what yeah. morning yo is. Morning yo is raw and real. I love it, man. I love it. Now about you and the rest of, like, what got you into wrestling? Did you, were you into wrestling when you were young? Cause that's what your YouTube channel is about. Because I have some wrestlers I grew up. I want to ask you about. Yeah. I, I, I'm known most now for wrestling and I grew up watching it kind of like here and there I remember it being on at my grandparents house but like they weren't huge wrestling fans it was just it was on tv when you grow up in canada sports are on the tv if it's not hockey it's baseball if it's not baseball it's basketball whatever and if that wasn't on wrestling was on but i became a massive fan in what's called the attitude era so we're talking like 98 99 who I'm were big in that era who was big mm -hmm. the rock stone cold steve austin the undertaker triple h okay Mick foley kane the big storyline at the time was Vince McMahon 
and Stone Cold Steve Austin had this huge rivalry. And yeah. when I dive into something, when I get interested in something, I go all the way in. I don't check the temperature of the water. I don't check the depth. I just dive all the way in. And that's what I did with wrestling. I went from watching zero minutes of wrestling a week to watching literally everything. And I went all the way in. Now, did you realize, how old were you then? 15, 16. So did you realize it was fake at the time? Right. Yeah, of course. You did know. It's such a strange, yeah, it's such a strange thing because it's a TV show. Wrestling's a TV show. But some people think think it's real. People put it in the same category as like a sporting event. But you know, you realize some people, maybe not now, but like 20 years ago, they thought it was real. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, 20, 30 for sure. Like my grandfather thought it was real. Like straight up thought they were really beating each other, hitting each other. Like he thought it was real. I loved wrestling so much. I wanted to be a pro wrestler and I was wrestling. not too big. Well, I'm I'm big enough to be a pro. What are you talking about? What are you like, 5'9"? I'm (laughs) 5'10". Yeah. Yeah. They have a wrestling wrestling league for small people? How dare you? Oh, my goodness. Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, they're all guys that are smaller than me. Never heard of any of them. They're all world champions. Like wrestling or fake wrestling? WWE. Oh, okay. All right. I, I don't know much. I know the old, I know Junkyard Dog. I know Andre the Giant. That's what I grew up. You're talking like 80s and Repo Man, Coco Beware, Hulk Hogan, yes. Yes. Sergeant Slaughter, Macho Man. Macho. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's what I grew up in. Those are the wrestling. Yeah. They would do it in Houston, Texas. You knew that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in Houston, Texas. I lived in Houston, Texas. I went to go see him when I was a kid. And the junkyard dog was my jam when he came out. That's right, man. I I wanted to be a wrestler and I went to wrestling school. When I was 20, I went to wrestling school where you learn how to fall correctly, you learn how to do the moves. I could be the 205 live champ. That's those are wrestlers that are 205 pounds and under. Cruiserweight. Ah, okay. Look, see, you're getting some love. See, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that, Lance. <laughs> yeah, Lance. Knows. I'm just laughing at you, and they're like, "No, nah, he could be champion." He That's right. Champion. I could be. Well, I, I, you, I have a belt right here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I Do you want champion? Me? You know, I, I got a lot. Of, Leo. I got a lot of angles. Champion. I like that belt. Who made that for you? This was made from Fandu belts. There are wrestling company that makes championship belts but uh, this was a very nice very nice gift oh, to, uh, oh, to celebrate Lord. the show that will not be called this anymore <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it nah, it's a nice belt man that it's is a nice, nice belt. belt yeah um so this wrestling show it blew up who's been your favorite because i saw booker t washington on your show right that's his name booker, yeah booker Just t booker. Booker Booker T. Washington's like some political, (laughs) historical figure. As you can tell, I don't know wrestling, uh, but. And this is the interesting thing about wrestling. And I want everyone that's watching this right now to appreciate this. Wrestling is so incredibly hyper niche. But if I can make a living doing this in the wrestling world, whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever it is that you love, you can find your people within that niche as well. You know what? And this is, you make such a good point because podcasting and stand-up comedy, I feel is goes hand in hand is you're not, when you're on stage and stand-up, 
it's not about being funny to everybody. It's about being funny to your people, the people that identify with you. Podcasting, I have friends that have found their niche audience and they fill up places with maybe a hundred people, but it's all their people. Everywhere they go, it's a hundred here, it's a hundred there. So it's not one of these things where they're appealing to everybody. And if they did like a, a crowd of 400, 300 people wouldn't like them. You can't be everything to everyone. Everybody, exactly. Stop trying to be the buffet. Be the steakhouse. Be the absolute best at what it is that you do. Niche down on your niche. And and that's the thing I haven't figured out. I love doing morning yo and talking to all kinds of people and sometimes doing solo episodes. But I really feel that eventually I'm going to do, I will continue to do morning yo, but I'm going to do a love podcast like where I help women out with problems because in real life, women come up to me all the time, all the time and ask me questions and they keep coming back. And it's, well, I if think these, that, if these women are single, you should probably start to send them my way. Oh yeah. Okay. No, no, I don't no. know. Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I need to learn more about you. I need to learn. I need I to remember make sure at the junket for Moana. I was there with you. We, we were waiting on, and I love The Rock, but he was a little bit late for that. And you remember yes, that? It was. It was in. Where, it was, was at that? Santa Monica. That's right. He was really late. He was so late, in fact, that I ended up missing my flight and had to take a later flight. Yeah. But I was sitting there at the in hospitality with you and your wife, and your wife was like, "Oh, I know the perfect person for you." Oh my! See, I'm different from my wife. My wife. Uh, pretty much all her friends are married now, but that time, no. But she loves setting people up. Me, I don't want the responsibility of it. I, like, I nah. completely understand because if it doesn't no. work out, it's on you. And I don't want to deal with it. I don't yep. want you calling me going, well, he, 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 he. I, I don't want to deal with that. So I don't, I, I rarely, I may have done it three times in my life where I recommend people for jobs because I don't want to hold that responsibility. Oh, yes. And I don't want to set people up because I don't want to hold that responsibility. Yep. So that's completely agree. That's how I roll, man. I like, I'm that dude. Some, some friends I know they recommend everybody me. Like I'm putting my name on you. You better kick ass. I'm not sitting in those chumps, you know? So, so in wrestling, who's been your favorite uh, wrestler you've interviewed so far? I guess if we're not counting the rock in this, I'm going to go with Ron Cena. I had a, I had an incredible, I've had, several conversations with John Cena, but last year at WrestleMania, I don't want to name drop here, but I I owe a huge debt of gratitude to Tyler Perry for making this interview with John Cena happen. And I've become Tyler Perry. How'd that work out? I've become friends with Tyler Perry over the last few years. And he's like, look at this YouTube channel you've grown. Like, that's amazing. Like, I'm really proud of you. Would you ever want to interview John Cena? And I'm like, well, I've, course i I just interviewed john cena for bumblebee but i'm like yeah i'd love to have like a longer conversation and then five minutes later he sends me a screenshot of his text with john cena he's like yeah john's in you know we'll make this interview happen so i went to wrestlemania this was in new york last year well we're talking 2019 now john cena didn't do any interviews that entire weekend and this is the biggest weekend in all of wrestling wrestlemania weekend and john cena carved down 15 minutes to have a conversation with me And, and beyond that Actually, it was 10 minutes. At the 10-minute mark, I go to wrap up the conversation. And John goes, oh, hold, hold, on, hold on one second. Reaches in his pocket, grabs his phone. Hey, we still got more time. Oh, okay. So I go, how much more time? He goes, I'll let you know. 
So we keep talking for another five minutes. I go, I really want to be respectful of your time. Like, thank you. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. You can ask me one more question. What? Nice. So we had almost 20 minutes together. And he said something in that interview that I will never forget. He said, control the controllable. And it's such incredible, poignant advice that people are always trying to react to the things in their life that they have zero control over. And the thing that you do have control over is how you react to the things that are happening around you. Control the controllable. So that's an all-time favorite interview for me. And John Cena deserves everything that he's, uh, you know, all the success that he's having right now. That's amazing. I love stories like that, man. I love, I love that. When people hit a certain point in their career, like a Tyler Perry, like a John Cena, like a rock, like a Kevin Hart, just a text message can make stuff happen. Oh my gosh. That means, yeah. that means really, let's be honest to Tyler Perry. It was nothing. Yeah. Right. But to you, it's everything. Right. You know, and that's what's so amazing where you got to think we're not on that scale, but little things we do too, like the, everybody that's loyal to this show that watches every day, little things we do by giving them shout outs or sending them merch or doing whatever, yeah. that means a lot to them. So, you know, it's not as scaled up as high as Tyler Perry, but that's what one thing when I do these type of shows, I always got to remember the little things we do for people mean a lot to them. And when people, because we we feel the exact same way when somebody does it for us. Right. You know and what both, I mean? Both you and I are so hungry to get to that next level. Right? Yeah. And I yeah. said this on the podcast that you and I did, you are on the precipice right now. You're on the precipice. precipice with one foot hanging over that edge. You're about to break. And I'm so excited for you. But the rock always says it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. Yeah. And that's such incredible, amazing advice. And it's so true. It's nice to be important. Sure. But it's really important to be nice. And all those examples that you were just giving to shout someone out, send them some merch, just say hello. It takes two seconds out of your day. And that's something that they will remember forever. It's a it's a thing where, you know, I want to talk about being on a precipice for people that are going through their own precipice in life. You know, maybe you're at work going to get that going to get that uh, promotion or you're going to get that job. We all deal with it no matter what level the sadness of or the the feeling of helplessness right. like i i am dependent of a person giving me a job yeah and i'm working towards where that's why i love stand up comedy that's me like i'm not waiting for like clubs will book me that's one yeah. thing and then it's up to you to find out how many people you bring so it's on you you can control that you know but this this huge job I'm waiting on, I don't control anything. Yeah. All I know is they really like me, but they could really like another guy, another guy. They could really like a, a woman with a bigger name or a guy with a bigger name. Sure. So I can't control that. So like, it goes back to control the controllable. It's a thing where that's all, all I can do is keep getting better at what I'm good at and, and rolling nice, but that's, you just feel it. I've been up for so many big gigs that I missed out at the last second. So it's like, ah, uh, you're going to get one that's going to completely change your life. And you've, you've mentioned Kevin Hart a few times. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you and I have both interviewed him two dozen times. How close are you with Kevin in terms of comedy? Close as in what? Calling like, him? Could you reach out to him and go, hey, I have this idea or I have this bit or could you give me some advice? So, so here, oh, this lady's sweet. 
your comedy brought me here, Michael. Your kindness keeps me coming back. Oh, oh that's nice. Situation too. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, so this is what I've decided in my mind, and it may be the wrong way to go. And actually, one of my good friends, her name is Charlie, and she is a PR rep for a bunch of big celebrities. And she was talking to me. She goes, you know, all these celebrities, have you ever called them and asked them, like, if you really need something, like yeah. to to give look out for you i go no she goes you know what that's what the business is right she goes i have a client it was marlon waynes at the time and she goes just tell me you're acting now and you would love a shot just an audition or anything i went yeah. to marlon asked him and he said yeah yeah if we get picked up you know I'll, i have an audition i actually forget to audition i'm gonna put you on the show i'll give you an episode i'll put you on an episode wow. so in my mind it was like okay be selective of who you ask for what yeah. And like Kevin James did that for me. He put me in his show, Kevin Can Wait. So it's a thing where I, I always was like, I don't want to be that person to ask. But then it's like, well, if you don't ask, you'll never get it. Now, they could say no, you know, but I it's that weird balance of not wanting to be that guy. But sure. then sometimes you have to be that guy. But you feel in your gut whether it's the right call or not. Like if you're typing that text out and you just feel a little dirty yeah. about it. It's true. Maybe you don't send it, but are you at that level with Kevin Hart? Uh, I wouldn't say a friend wise, not that level where I would ask him, but I am at a level where if I had a good idea and wanted him to be a part of it, I know everybody around him and him. So I would go to somebody around him right. to give it to him that, that I know would give it to him and then wait on the phone call. Whose career is it that you look at and go, man, I think I could have a career like that? Kevin Hart. Yeah. hundred percent. And the reason I asked that question that way is because The Rock has his career because he told his manager, I think agent early on, I want Will Smith's career, but mm -hmm. bigger. And yeah. then they had like a target that they were aiming at. Will Smith, but bigger? Done. Yeah. That's exactly what he is now. And he, and he told the whole room, if you, if you don't think I can reach that, leave now. Yep. And this is when The Rock wasn't The Rock. Right. You know, me going into my agent say, like, here's the thing. I tell everybody, this is for the industry people. Doesn't matter the size of your agency. It matters about how many people believe in you That's at it. that agency. And yeah. through the ups and downs, because when you get jobs, it's amazing. When you lose out on several jobs in a row, it's depressing. Yeah. You know, you start questioning yourself, but you know, they got your best interest. I've always, always putting you out there. There's only three people that really matter. Uh, you, number one, you, mm -hmm. Do you believe in yourself. Are, are you excited about what you're doing? Your agent, because if your agent's not putting you up for stuff and believing in you, then it doesn't matter. And then yep. whoever it is that you're working for, that immediate boss, are they, are they excited to have you there? And if, if one of those people doesn't, isn't excited about it, then I think you got to swap them out. Yeah, man. All right. I got to run. I got to get to the kids, but tell everybody where they can find you. I have your Instagram link below. Everybody follow them. But uh, where can people find you on YouTube? Oh, well, thank you. It's Chris Van Vliet right here, wherever you uh, are, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, my channel is just Chris Van Vliet, please. We're, we're closing in on 300,000 subscribers. It'd be great if you could join it. A clip and from I my interview with Michael Yo is going up right after this. And and uh, I'm closing in on 3,000 people on YouTube. So what? So close. Uh, man, it's <laughs> the same thing. But on but on Facebook, we're getting up there. We're close to 155 in just like a week. So I am going to subscribe to your YouTube channel right Thank now. You, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon, Chris. All right.
Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. Have a great one. You too. Later. (laughs) That is Chris. Uh, Thank you so much for watching the morning. I really appreciate it. Uh, All your love, positivity. Keep spreading the word. It grows. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. Like always, I really appreciate just looking at my page and, you know, liking the comedy videos. That means a lot. And if you miss my parents' podcast from yesterday, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Check it out for yourself. It's right under this video. Check out my parents' pod. It's hilarious. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Later.